Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello and welcome to My Big Idea, an ASOS podcast. I'm Siam Gorich and today my guest is Elisa Makin, who runs jewellery brand Elk in London. This is Elisa's Big Idea. Okay, so um, tell us a bit about your jewellery brand, Elk in London. Um, Well, I started Elk in about five years ago, maybe six years ago. I was working at the time um, at The Independent as a fashion stylist, and I was doing a shoot. And um, I just, I had... I'd seen some bracelets in Liberty actually with with sort of, you know, like macrame that you do when you're a teenager. And I thought, oh, I could make that. (laughs) So I was a bit like, oh, I'm not going to spend £90. You know, I'll make something instead. Um, So I was on this shoot and I was making these bracelets um, and I had these skull beads as well. Skulls were really having a moment. And then everyone really, really liked them on the shoot. And so everyone was like, oh, make make us one. So I was like, oh, all right. And then... A friend of mine was like, oh, I'll put it in the magazine if you make yourself a quick website. So I was a bit like, oh, well, all right. Knocked up a quick website. And then I think it was the next day I had an email after it went on. I mean, I sold, I think the next day I was sold, I can't even remember how many, but I was, my fingers were literally bleeding from making these things. I sort of had a freak out because I was sort of sending them to, you know, all, all kinds of places. And then I had a phone call from the buyers at Paul Smith saying, um, can we get your line sheets and cost prices? And I was just like, uh, okay, for Googling everything. Um, they didn't, they didn't decide. When they met me, they realised I was just like, you know, some woman with a bit of a string. And so they didn't um, buy any, any of the bracelets. But I did then get a manufacturer and obviously some other people stocked them and factory in Thailand making them. Um, yeah, and then launched a whole collection after that. So did you leave your fashion job, your job in the fashion magazine, straight away, or did you continue doing that and doing the jewellery on the side? Or No, well, I actually, I'd been full-time at The Independent, but then I was freelance. I'd already gone freelance when I um, set up Elkin. So it wasn't such, you know, it wasn't such a huge risk because I was already sort of working freelance and then it was just another side project. But... It, it went really well at the beginning, like surprisingly well. So almost more lucrative than the freelance work, like right away. So that was, it was, it was a good timing thing. So before the business kind of fell upon you and just sort of happened, yeah, which is pretty amazing. Had you ever kind of wanted to be a businesswoman? Had you wanted to work for yourself? I mean, obviously you were freelance, but had you ever yeah. wanted to make something and sell it? I guess. Yeah, constantly coming up with ideas that were not that feasible like um, a sugar free a sugar free like swanky chocolate company not just sugar free but you know allergy free just saw they opened an allergy free ice cream parlour in London I was like I had that idea six years ago to do (laughs) something like that but you know obviously I've got no background in um, you know cooking so 
I was full of really impractical ideas constantly. I really wanted my own company, so it was quite good. So do you think, I mean, obviously if people are listening to this and they want to set up their own company, yeah. do you think that's something you'd recommend then, kind of working with something you know and not going out on a total limb and just thinking, oh, well, I'll just give that a shot because it sounds fun? So obviously um, your background was fashion, so the jewellery yeah. thing was a bit more natural. Yeah, well, it was obviously very helpful for me because I had so many good contacts, first of all. Um, you know, I had access to lots of trends, and I was sort of in that world, so it was, just, it was much easier on every level for me to do that. You know, lots of people want to set up sort of fashion companies, and it's really, really hard, I think, unless you have some kind of in... Um, and I think contacts are the key. But if, if it's a different sort of industry, just go, you know, research it. Once you start talking to people, go and talk to people who are already doing it. Sort of partner. There's a really good Google Hub cafe in okay. um, Old Street. We'll do like free kind of networking things. Just like meet people who can help you. I think just because you haven't got any experience in it, obviously, you know, don't decide you want to like build a computer if you, you've never done, <laughs> got no tech. <laughs> technological abilities but if you want to do you know something you know there's all kinds of interest really simple ideas that you can make into a company do you think that was part of it as well that you started off with one product and yeah i think start and simple then obviously you have loads of lines now or a lot more different lines yeah definitely start with something just test you know do something to test the market i think there was the innocent smoothie people when they went and sort of tested it at festivals and asked people for feedback like yes or no you know do you think we should set up a company just do something small that's low risk so it's easy anyone can set up a website so you can set up a website do some promotion just start with one or two products you know market it as like in as jazzy and creative way as you can and see if people like it because I've had products that I've really liked <laughs> And no one else has, you know. We'll go, you know, other other products I'm not so sure about, and then suddenly it's just the right moment for them. So it's kind of luck as well, sort of what you know if you've got it at exactly the right moment. So I don't know. And also, see, you might not like it. You might start doing it and think, oh, you know, everyone thinks working for yourself doesn't really mean working. <laughs> it means working seven times more hard than you're used to. So talking of that, what's been the hardest thing? for you with running your own business or in designing jewellery mm. there been anything anything you've come up against you thought oh god I really wasn't expecting that and it's really um, yeah lots of things I think when it for me when it goes when everything's quite difficult and new I quite enjoy it so it's sort of you know learning as you go and I was really lucky that it went really well at the beginning but I think I'd kind of been lulled into a bit of a false sense of security so I had had lots of people saying yes to me lots of things going well and then you sort of once your product isn't brand new anymore you've got to think up you know you think to yourself oh I've done that now you know I've started you know but it's like you need constant ideas and new products and new ways to market the products because otherwise people get bored so it's I think that was the sort of you know when I had the second load of jewellery and then lots of people who were sort of you know, it's not such a big story anymore when you're not brand new. Yeah. And so having then to sort of, you know, take a lot of no's and still want to carry on going. And people will say yes, but lots of people will say no. And it's just a case of it's hard to sometimes keep your motivation up when you're working really hard and then no one really wants to know. So yeah. you're sort of like constantly having to 
you know give yourself <laughs> little chats in the mirror like you know it's fine you know and not take it to heart and just just got to try every avenue and not just not worry if people say no and also sometimes don't always believe that no really means no forever and don't be embarrassed sort of get over your embarrassed I think I've had to get over my shame quite a lot I mean I have <laughs> once you get into the swing of it it's fine but then you do yeah you have to sort of keep pushing yeah. I think that's been the hardest it's, it's keeping yourself motivated constantly yeah in, especially if you're working for yourself yeah is it just you in the business do you have people working for you or? I sometimes have other people well, I've got um, a company who does the manufacturing so I work with them um, I do lots of sort of sideways working so I'll have people who work on it's more sort of working with rather than working for me um, and then recently I've had a few pop-up shops where I've sort of created um, a sort of bigger brand, Elkin House, where I was selling some other jewellery designers' work as well. Um, Rory Dobner, he's a really nice ceramic artist, sells at Liberty. Quite a few kind of interesting, quirky people. And um, sort of selling them via pop-up shops at the same time as Elkin um, and just taking a much smaller um, cut. Actually, that's another thing that's been tough and interesting is you know before you start you have to really work you know it all boils down to the figures at the end of the day so no matter how good your idea is you do have to check it's viable and you know I didn't realize how thing you know that there's structures about you can't just make up a price well you can if you want to sell it online you know just on your own but if you want to sell wholesale to people you know there's a structure in pricing and so you have to you know times everything by a certain amount to cover everyone's cut and and is that so, so that's something you've kind of learned along the way well you well I learned that right at the beginning because I was dealing with buyers but yeah I think you could have a rude awakening if you're sort of you know if you double the cost price to sell online and then you try and sell to someone else and you realize no because they've got to make it you know to, to make any money you're going to yeah, have to of course. and it's different for every industry as well the margins so yeah. So have you, do you have an accountant you work with or are you doing all of that yourself? Um, I, I have an accountant I speak to, but I do all the accounts myself, which is fun. Not fun. Not yeah, fun I mean, if you have a good sort of spreadsheet system, if you just get organised at the beginning, then it's just a case of like filling things in as you go along and it's not such a drama. It's just if you let things slide, which, you know, we all do, and then you have to kind of scrabble back through receipts and things and... When it comes to doing your taxes, it's like, oh my god! I think I especially, you know, when you think about setting up a jewellery brand, you think mm. it's going to be all glamour and all fun. But mm. I think that's the point. That the reality is, there's kind of like boring stuff you have to do day to day to yeah. back that up and make it work long t- um, in the long term. Yeah, and if you're a small company, most of your time is spent sort of packaging stuff, you know, dealing with customer inquiries, like you know, wondering why is that parcel got lost again really boring stuff the <laughs> same stuff you get in most jobs really like you know every I think everything at the end kind of boils down to admin <laughs> really so yep. you'll still get all of that as well and is there anything that I mean we've sort of covered it a bit but is there anything you know now that you wish you'd have known when you were first starting out and when you first set up the brand or started working for yourself um no because I think it the more you know then sometimes the more cautious you can be about taking chances um I think in a way just winging it is quite good sometimes because you you know you don't have the kind of 
voice of reason saying, oh, it's not a very practical idea, or this or that won't work. Sometimes it's best to just not worry too much and just try. And so, not really. Kind of going back a bit, but do you think that when you're dealing with people in a business capacity, you're mm. ever treated differently because you're a woman, or do you think because you're working with jewellery and fashion that you're kind mm. of closeted from that a bit, so... You know, people do take you seriously. Um, I, well, working with jewellery and in fashion, you're speaking to lots of other women quite often, or other people who work in fashion, fashion buyers, or um, people who are selling you things for manufacturing, you know, boxes, things like that. So, actually, not really, because everyone's in the same industry, in the same position. Um, I guess where. It, where you do notice it a bit is when it does kind of boils down to manufacturing and sort of financials and then you are dealing with lots more sort of you know money money people and in those kind of environments it's a lot more it is a, it, there's a lot more men and it's a lot a sort of more aggressive kind of environment mm. and in those situations you do um, you do get treated sort of I don't know, but then at the same time you can work, you know, you can, if men are stupid enough that they think that they're cleverer or better because they're a man, you can kind of use that to your advantage and sort of, you know, play the game. Play the game. I mean, if that's the way, if that's what they think, let them think it and then catch them unawares, really. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Um, and finally, what would you say to someone if someone came to you and said, I'm thinking of starting my own jewellery brand, mm. what advice would you give them or what one tip would you give them? To... I'd say maybe there's a lot of people doing jewellery now, so maybe choose something <laughs> else. I think when I started, there, it wasn't, there weren't that many, but now there's hundreds of really talented jewellery designers around. There's loads of jewellery around. If, you're, you know, if you really want to and you're really you know, dedicated, I think... It's just a case of continue, you know, just keep pushing and um, working hard and sort of promote, you know, make lots of contacts, promote it any way you can, keep sort of talking to people and sort of trying to make connections. But, you know, maybe, maybe try and find another or find a, a gap in the market and, you know, that some, there's something, you know, really new in the jewellery world. Although I do feel it's a bit of an oversaturated market now, really. So if you could find a sideways, a different area, I'd go for that instead. Amazing. Thanks so much for talking to us. Thanks for having me. That was Elisa's Big Idea. Tune in next week for another inspirational chat and make sure you subscribe to Acast, iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Bye. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrier. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us.